Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we answer a couple of your voicemails and then get into our preview of the week three matchup against the Giants. It's a new football season. Le'Veon Bell is with the New York Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. But one thing hasn't changed, and that is that my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Right now, you can double your first deposit with a first deposit bonus worth up to $1,000. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim your bonus. You bet. You win, you get paid. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. David, we have stuff to talk about. We do, we do. But before we get into our, our usual Friday game prepper episode with our predictions and, and all that nonsense. We got a couple of voicemails, not exactly Giants game related. We're going to tackle a couple of these topics real quick before we dive into the preview. So let's head over to that glorious Locked on Bucks voicemail hotline. Hey, James. Hey, David. Josh from Georgia here. Kind of had a weird question. Been watching a lot of, of the herd and just seeing around the league of like all these major injuries. You got Drew Brees out for six weeks. Ben, Big Ben is out for the season. Philadelphia has major injuries of their starters and, and, and quite a few more. Just wanted to know what your guys' thoughts was on, you know, this is our season. Like, Cam's not looking the way he's supposed to be looking. Drew Brees is out, like I said. I don't think Matty Ice is really looking that great either. I think this is our year to take the division and just take advantage of a you know, a crazy situation like this and, you know, take it to the top, take it to the conference, Super Bowl, and what have you. Um, I just want to know your thoughts on that. And uh, as always, guys, go Bucks and uh, love the podcast. All right, Josh, thank you very much for the call. David, you know, this is kind of an interesting thing to think about because the Buccaneers absolutely have to take advantage of the injuries around them. You know, with Cam Newton not being 100%, probably not playing this weekend. You got Drew Brees out for at least six weeks. You know, the, as he mentioned, the Eagles issues. Do I think this is their year to, you know, capitalize to the point that they're going to the Super Bowl? I think it would take a lot more than what has happened for, for the, uh, the road to be paved to the Super Bowl for the Bucks, but they absolutely have to be able to take advantage of what's going on in their division. The Falcons have not looked good. 
Matt Ryan, I believe, is leading the NFL in interceptions. Yeah, you have Cam hurt. You have Drew Brees hurt. The next couple weeks are going to be crucial because after this Giants game, the Buccaneers go on that run until November 10th where they do not play at home. They have to go play at Los Angeles and face the Rams. They have to play at Seattle, at Tennessee, at New Orleans, in London against the Panthers. There's a there's a lot of, of difficult games coming up where the Bucs are going to be traveling. They have to take advantage and not set themselves behind, you know, during this road trip. So yes, the, the opportunity is there for them to take advantage, but we have to see more out of this offense and, and see them compete a little bit better before we can assume that, you know, they are truly going to take advantage. I mean, nobody can help injuries. You know what I mean? And, and I don't think anybody's trying to like celebrate injuries or, you know, anything like that. And, and that's not what I think is happening, but, I will tell you that I would always rather beat somebody at their best. I, I never want to beat somebody because they were weakened, you know, because it kind of just opens the door. It kind of leaves that door open. I don't know. I mean, a win is a win is a win at the end of the day. So I suppose, you know, you take what you can get it or whatever. But I kind of look at it because right now, I mean, the the New Orleans Saints, I mean, the Saints are not infallible with even with Drew Brees. You know what I mean? Like the New Orleans Saints defense is giving up the sixth most most points so far through two weeks in the season, and they're giving up the ninth most yards per game in 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 the season in in the NFL so far. You know, through two weeks, got it. But this is a, a team. The New Orleans Saints is a team that the Buccaneers can beat, and I mean the Buccaneers can beat them this year. They could beat them last year. I mean. This isn't a roster that's devoid of talent. We've we've been saying this for a long time. All of us have been saying for a long time that this isn't a talent issue. It's an execution and a, and a scheme issue. Well, now they've got a better scheme, and at least on defense, they're already executing better. And on offense, you're seeing some flashes. That's what people like to call them, flashes of talent, flashes of ability. And you know, Byron Leftwich was talking today about how much improvement he feels like this unit is having. So I almost don't like it because – it almost feels to me like we're, we're starting to build towards a season that's going to have a big-ass asterisk lay, laying on it. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't like that because I want to see – I want this team to be able to win on their own merits and for people to give them credit where credit is due. Now, I say that going into week three, who knows what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Uh, this team can come out, lay a goose egg against the Giants, and then get their butts whipped by the Rams, and it's like, well, where's your merit now? Got it. Um, but I would rather this team face off against other teams that they're at full strength. You know what I mean? Like I would be disappointed if when the when the Bucks went to Los Angeles, Todd Gurley wasn't able to play. I'd still be, you know, happy to cover a win at the end of week four, but I would as an individual, as a competitor, like the competitive spirit in me would be disappointed not to have the Rams at full strength. You can only beat who's who's on your schedule. You know, I don't I don't think people are putting an asterisk next to the Patriots numerous division titles because their division has been nothing but a dumpster fire for the last two decades. You know, you, you have to beat who, who you're scheduled against and injuries are part of the NFL. So I'll disagree with you on that point. I do agree with the fact that you do prefer to beat a team when they are at their best, but I don't think anyone is going to look down on them if they rattle off, you know, six wins in a row because the giants started a rookie for the first time at quarterback and Drew Brees is out and Cam Newton is not a hundred percent. And you know, who, who knows what else would happen? I don't, I don't think anyone's going to hold that against him because every other team in the NFL is trying to do the same thing. And at the end of the day, you just have to do your job and, and win your game. Yeah. I mean, I hope you're right. We'll see how, how it all uh, transpires. The giants are bringing out the best version of their team in week three. Yikes.
All right, next voicemail. David James is Greco. So we have some players that are playing pretty daggone good, um, especially on this defense. So I'm wondering, how do we work these guys into the cap? You know, how much do we, do we re-sign these guys for? I mean, Sue's on a one-year, Shaq, I mean, these guys are balling. So, I mean, how do we keep these guys here on our squad? Assuming, of course, you know, everything goes right for the rest of the year. So, anyway, I'm trying to find the numbers, man. Let me know. Thanks, guys. Greco! Thanks for the call, buddy. Yeah, David, I don't know if we're going to get into, you know, hard numbers, but you have to think the Buccaneers next season are going to have somewhere around $60 million in cap space. Well, the big thing is you have to make a decision on Jameis Winston. Chances are he's going to get re-signed. Right there, you're looking at 25 to 30 of that $60 million right there. You know, there goes half of your cap space. Now, if Shaq Barrett continues to play on the trajectory that he's on, he's going to get big time paid. And the Buccaneers may not have the money to do it. You still have to re-sign Chris Godwin, who will be entering the final year of his contract. You're going to start making allowances for what O.J. Howard is going to make. You have Vernon Hargraves, who will be entering the fifth-year option of his contract. You're going to have to make a decision there. So... <clears throat> I think it's it's pretty early to start speculating on that. If I had to if I had to guess which one of these players comes back, I think the Bucks would be more willing to spend, you know, the the amount of money that they are this season on Endomic and Sue for another, you know, one, two years. Because as you see, all of the linebackers are performing well. Kevin Minter is performing well. Devontae Bond is performing well. And although Shaq Barrett has been an absolute beast and, and he's one of my favorite additions to this team, I absolutely love the guy. You can more than likely in Todd Bowles scheme, replace him easier than you can replace somebody like Sue, who has created a dominant tandem with Vita Vea. Um, so we're in week three, right? Uh, Chris Godwin's going to get paid a lot of money. Unless the wheels fall off this thing, Chris Godwin's going to get paid. And I don't see any way. I don't have any information. We don't have any information or confirmation or anything. It's, it's way too early to talk about this kind of stuff. So take it all with a grain of salt. But if things continue going the way they are right now, Chris Godwin, I don't see any way Chris Godwin wants to, or his agent lets him play next year on his current deal. Like he's, they're going to, if it, I would be highly surprised if they don't push for for a, an extension during the offseason. Just because, I mean, he's earned it. You know what I mean? To be completely honest with you, he's earned it. And going into the last year of his deal on his rookie deal, his third round deal, um, he's just, he's earned he's earned the right, I think, to to renegotiate and to get paid. Um, we we kind of talked about it actually a little bit earlier in the offseason, James, when we were talking about like expectations and projections. And if Chris Godwin continues on his current path, I think he's looking at Keenan Allen money. You know what I mean? That's that's where the Buccaneers are going to have to have a little bit of a struggle is if they're going to be willing to to dedicate that much cap space and all that stuff. And of course, there's things they can do and and all that. But I mean, you look at you know what Chris Godwin has done so far in his career and kind of the upwards and, and the the progression he's made year in year out. Um, it's 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 very warranted, and you you can see him kind of becoming a guy that becomes a focal point of this offense in the future. That being said, I actually disagree there. And Dominic Sue, I think, is a one-year guy. I think he's gone next year. Um, I think they'll find somebody uh, to replace him probably through the draft uh, to pair with Vita Vea for the long term. Yes, it might be an early, like a like a immediate downgrade, but I think eventually in the long run it'll be an upgrade. And then 
You've got a secondary that's one more year experience. You got some running some linebackers that have more one have one more year of experience. And Vita Vea himself has one more year of experience to carry that line as the uh, as the main guy there. So that's I think that he's on his way out. Um, a guy like Shaquille Barrett, while yes, obviously you could possibly um, he's young enough. He's motivated enough. The dude's hungry. He's going to stay hungry. Um, I feel like that he's he's a guy that they would probably look to resign first. Um, and then you look at Jason Pierre-Paul. Like hopefully everybody's hoping Jason Pierre-Paul can come back this year and contribute to this team potentially for a playoff push or in the postseason altogether. But next year he's on the books right now for twelve and a half million. I don't see him getting paid that money. I feel like Jason Pierre-Paul is probably going to be let go to to release a whole lot of cap space. And as far as James Winston's concerned, three, I'm still more on the on the track that I feel like he's going to get franchise tagged for a year versus getting paid, which actually would probably eat more cap space in the in the 2020 yeah, season than it would for it's about a thirty million dollar hit right there, right? Uh, versus re- being re-signed, so it's actually more money. But I feel like that's probably what's going to happen. Um, but again, that that Jason Pierre-Paul money getting freed up uh, kind of helps out that situation. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. I mean, I think that. The, the plan, I mean, the, the Buccaneers didn't come into the season planning to re-sign all of their one-year contracts. That's just, that's not possible. I think what they're, I think what their plan is, is kind of bring in the, some of the players they needed to fill some of the holes they needed to without spending draft capital. They've done that fairly well, at least in the, in the early going. But I think next year's draft, right now you're looking at defensive line and offensive line kind of being the two major pieces. And then develop, and then depending on the development, of a guy like Ronald Jones and what Peyton Barber does throughout the season, running back might be an early day two uh, or just a day two target type of thing. But again, we're 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 months and months and months away from that. But that's just kind of how I feel about it right now, sitting here uh, on Thursday night before week three. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with you that I I think Indomik and Sue's a one and done guy. I do think they would prioritize Barrett over Sue. I just <clears throat> the point that I was trying to make was given the amount of money that Indomitian Sue is making this year versus what I think Barrett will get offered. Should he continue to play the, the, to the level that he is right now, Indomitian Sue would end up being the more affordable player. And to your other point, if the Bucks don't lock up Chris Godwin before his, his contract is up, they will not keep him. He will get wide receiver one money and he will price himself out of being able to stay with the Buccaneers. So that's something that Jason Light needs to get done before that that fourth year kicks in because the agent could say, look, you know, he did he did this for you in, in 2019. He, you know, he doesn't have a contract beyond this. We're going to test the market. If he has another year like he did last year, he's he's going to be a wide receiver one somewhere. Again, it's September 2019. So we've got plenty of time to talk about that moving forward. Tell you what we do need to talk about moving forward, and that is the Giants game on Sunday. So, David, let's get into our usual uh, prediction portion of the show. And tell me, David, we are going to start off with our offensive and defensive predictive players of the game. And you have the honors, good sir, since I stole your picks last week via text message. Uh, who is your predictive offensive player of the game? Uh, my predictive offensive player of the game is going to be... I hate to say it, Jameis Winston. I mean, all right, this defense looks ripe for the picking, right? It looks like it's just built for Jameis Winston to come in and have a huge day, which scares me a little bit. And again, we we talked about this before, right? Like when you can go into a game or a situation 
with Jameis Winston as your starting quarterback and not have the butterflies of like, man, I really hope. And you're like, you're holding on to to a zip line, you know, waiting to to cross over the water instead of hitting the rocks. I still don't have that feeling. And, and it's not going to come in, in one week against Carolina with no turnovers and all that. It's not going to come in week three either. It, there, it's got to be multiple weeks strung together of this quarterback being the game manager, you know, that we saw. And it makes me more nervous entering the Giants game because I see the future. If Jameis Winston comes into this game and lays an egg, man, we thought week one Bucks reactions, Bucks fans' reactions were bad. If Jameis Winston comes in, has a bad game, or comes in and makes critical decision uh, errors against the New York Giants with the expectations that, that people have surrounding this team right now, at least for week three, it's going to be a nightmare. Like, I might just take a vacation. It's going to be terrible. And so that makes me nervous. So for that reason, though he's low-hanging fruit, I'm taking Jameis Winston. Yeah, the if if he plays like he did against the 49ers against this Giants defense, yeah, the the Locked On Bucks podcast may have to go on hiatus just until things calm down. Because I'll end up saying things that will cause you headaches during the editing process and our voicemails won't be any better. My predictive offensive player of the game, I'm going Mike Evans. Mike Evans is off to a really, really slow start. And again, we all know the story. He he was he was sick in week one. He was battling the flu. I still think that some of that lingered into week two. He looked a little bit more energetic, but he still didn't look like himself. I expect a big game out of Mike Evans. For you, for you fantasy football people out there, and David, I know you're one. Um any guess as to where Mike Evans ranked in week one among fantasy wide receivers? 17th. 78th. I had a seven. Any guess as to where he ranked in week two? 17th. 48th. I was close-ish. Mike Evans, here's my prediction. Not my bold one, but a prediction for my my offensive player of the game. Mike Evans will finish with a top five fantasy wide receiver performance he is going to absolutely ball out because i think he's chomping at the bit to start to quiet the murmurs that are that are starting i think oj howard is too but we all know that mike is Jameis's go-to guy despite what we've seen from from godwin through two weeks evans is still the man and the fact that i've heard on multiple podcasts mike evans starting to be referred to as the 1b behind Godwin's 1A. Yeah, that's not going to stand. And uh I think I think Evans is ready to explode and he's facing a, a secondary that he has he's had past success in against and uh, a corner in Jenkins that he definitely is is the uh, superior player and superior athlete. So, yeah. Give me give me all the Mike Evans stock for week 3. David, who's your predictive defensive player of the game? My predictive defensive player of the game is Jordan Whitehead. Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram. That's why. And that's pretty much all I got to say, I think. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go with Vita Vea. I think it's going to be up to Vea early on to collapse that offensive line and continue to generate the push that he has shown in the first two weeks. 
and start to close down some of these run lanes in a hurry so that Barkley does not get to that second level. Because once he gets to the second level, as good as these Bucks linebackers have been through two games, that's open season for Saquon Barkley. He gets to that second level. He is too tough to stop. And then we all know what happens when he breaks past that. You know, he's he's going 70, 80 yards to the house. So it's going to be key to get that initial push up front with Vea, with Sue, but Vea, more importantly, since he's he's the man in the middle there, to initiate the the Saquon shutdown protocol like we saw against McCaffrey in Carolina. So there's there's my guy. And again, you know, David, we've talked about it. Vea can have major impacts on these games and still not show these gaudy numbers on a stat sheet. Yeah, you know, his his impact for this defense doesn't always show up in numbers. And and that's what's key to remember is you you can't be you know, a, a box score analyst, you have to, you have to be able to pay attention to what's going on in the game and what's creating opportunities for guys that we praise on this show, like Shaq Barrett and Anthony Nelson and Carl Nassip and, and Levante David, it starts up front and I'm all in on Vea. Yeah. Stats, stat scouting doesn't work uh, just generally to give you an accurate picture, a completely accurate picture. And it really doesn't work in certain positions and defensive tackle, especially in a three, four is one of those, Vita Vea, you know, is is bringing something to the Buccaneers that they haven't had in a long time, and that's a guy in the middle who's making his teammates better. And I, I'm I'm here for it every day. All right, David, give me your bold prediction. My bold prediction is that Chris Godwin is the only player in Tampa Bay with a receiving touchdown on both sides of the field. You just wanted to to hurt my predictive offensive player of the game prediction. I did not. I didn't know you were doing that. And I actually, I mean, to be fair, I actually put in a trade offer for Mike Evans in my fantasy league. So, I mean, you know, if, if it goes through with my bold prediction actually goes against my own fantasy team as well. But that's just, that's my, that's my bold prediction, homie. Lies. What's, what's the lie? You, you did it just to spite me. I know how you operate. We've been doing this show for too long. Oh, jeez, No, definitely not. <laughs> All right, my bold prediction, Saquon Barkley will finish under 80 all-purpose yards, but will still get a touchdown. He will he will get the only touchdown. touchdown for the New York Giants. What? A rushing touchdown. Sure, it can be a rushing touchdown. <laughs> he's just he's going to finish below 80 all-purpose yards and he will get the lone touchdown for the Giants. It might be on a 72-yard run. And then all the rest of his carries and receptions will combine for seven yards or less. I don't care how it happens. That's just what the final line will say. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number 
Two, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right. Obviously, on the Crossover Wednesday episode, I already gave my score prediction. If you have not listened to that, I recommend you go back and check it out. I was joined by the host of Locked On Giants, Patricia Trena. We uh, we talked about the Daniel Jones, Eli Manning stuff. We talked about Barkley. We talked about the mismatches for the Bucks offense against the Giants defense. And I made my score prediction of 27 to 10 Buccaneers. And David, I'm 0-2 on my predictions this year. So if the Giants win, it's all on me. You can direct all your hatred towards my DMs on Twitter. They are open. But David, I need your score prediction. What do you What do you have for the final here? Uh, my score prediction for this weekend is 17 to 14 Tampa Bay. Ooh, that's that's close. Why so close? I mean, look, I've 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 been saying it kind of all week here and there. Uh, I was on Evan's show, the North and South podcast earlier this week. I said it on there. I just, it, it's the, it, what it boils down to. I mean, Sterling Shepard is coming back, which kind of feeds into it a little bit um, from in a, in a vacuum. I'm a big fan of Christian McCaffrey, but Saquon Barkley is, is a much better running back than Christian McCaffrey is. And, so I'm not, you know, like your bold prediction of, of containing Saquon Barkley happen. And with Daniel Jones coming in, I think that we're going to get a very heavy dose of Barkley this weekend. And if he finds some room to run, it's going to it's gonna make the Buccaneers offense tighten up a little bit, which is actually going to help Daniel Jones and it's going to help guys like Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram find some room. And I don't necessarily think that it's going to be like, like it, it could still be a thing where it's like 17 to 7 Tampa until like two and a half minutes out in the fourth. You know what I mean? And like they score kind of like a garbage time touchdown. Go for an onside kick that they don't get, and the Buccaneers run the clock out. Fourteen on paper. Everybody who watched the game knows it was more like a like a two score win versus a versus a one score win. If that makes sense. But I think we're going to get a lot of running game. I think the Buccaneers are going to run the ball. Um, they've been running the ball a lot more than we're used to. They've been a very balanced offense. I don't think that Byron Leftwich is interested in putting Jameis situation and Jameis Winston in situations where the team kind of has control of the game. So let's go throw Jameis out there and potentially lose control of the game. You know what I mean? I, I don't think Byron is interested in doing something like that. So I think that if the Buccaneers get like an early 10 nothing lead and the Bucs defense is kind of shutting down the Giants offense and the Giants really aren't putting a lot together, I think we're going to get a lot of Peyton Barber and a lot of Ronald Jones and a lot of Dario Gubawali in this game, which is going to make the clock run. And then the Giants are going to encounter with a lot of Saquon Barkley to take pressure off their rookie quarterback getting his first start, which is going to make the clock run. Like so, that's really kind of the biggest reason I think it might be a little low scoring is more of the fact that the clock is just never going to stop running because both these teams are going to keep the ball on the ground and in inbounds versus this like just absolute annihilation of the Giants that some people kind of think might happen. Don't get me wrong; it could very well have. I said on Evan's show, I feel like this is going to be a one score game, like less than a touchdown, or I feel like it's going to be. 
a 21 point victory for the Bucks. Like I really don't see the Giants winning, but I could see this thing ending up in a close score. Even if, like I said, you know, like we've just talked about stat scouting is dangerous. You see 17 to 14 on the ticker, and you think, whoa, the Bucks struggled against the Giants. You watch the game and you be like, no, the Bucks worked the Giants. They just didn't put a lot of points up because the clock was constantly running. Does that make sense? You heard it here, listeners. David Harrison is telling you to bet your mortgage payment on the Giants against the spread this weekend. I definitely said no such thing, nor would I ever say. <laughs> That's what I heard. You 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 said it's going to be close one score game. Bucks are only favored by six. I heard bet your mortgage on on the Giants. Are the Bucks favored by six? They are six point favorites. Yeah, so I would think they'd be like with a half. 47 point over under 47 point over under. Yep. Yikes. But I mean, it could happen. I mean, like that's what I'm saying. Like, I, th- I think it's just either going to be really big or I think it's just going to be really small, but my gut kind of told me it's going to be really small. And, and some of this is more, you know, it's, it's more kind of a, I don't even call it maybe a defense mechanism. It's like, you know, don't, I don't, I don't like getting too down on things. Like when week one came and James Winston threw the screen pass interception, I wasn't like, on the bridge with with some other people being like, ah, it's over, and James Winston is never going to be what we thought he was, and who's who's coming out in the draft? Where's Tua? Let's go find Tua. But at the same time, after one really one really good team performance against the Panthers, I'm not quite ready to say like this is a team that we should just like the Buccaneers should wipe the floor with any team other than maybe the Dolphins at this point, uh, just because consistency is the key. Like Bruce Arians says it himself, consistency is the key. We haven't seen anything. Because defenses look good for two weeks, but can you really tell me that two weeks of anything is consistent performance? Like I know people were consistent so- than the 2018 Bucks. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, but if that's the bar <laughs> where Buccaneers squad can win the Super Bowl. But I mean, I know people who who quit eating carbs for two weeks and then go right back to eating carbs every day. Like two weeks is not a habit make. You know what I mean? Like so, I'm just I'm just not quite there yet. Like I don't get too far down, but I also don't get too far up. Don't be wrong. I celebrate the crap out of wins. But I'm not. I'm not ready to to put this team in, in a position where it's like, well, th- this team is just garbage compared to our our team, and and this just should be a walk in the park because it's still NFL talent. These are still NFL players on the field. We've talked about this before. It's it takes a lot to suck in the National Football League. All right. Well, David, we are up against the clock. But before we go, any guesses to what the largest spread of the week is? Miami versus whoever is going to beat the crap out of them. It's Miami and Dallas. Yeah. And you are correct. That is the game with the largest spread. What is the spread? 42 points. Realistically, what is the spread? 27 points. Close. The Cowboys are 23-point favorites. I should have said 17. I would have been closer. Anyway. You, you should have said 17. That was kind of your thing. Um, the next closest to uh, to that is the Patriots are 22-point favorites against the Jets. The Jets need Tim Tebow. Shout out Alan Schechter. Yeah. Did Jamal right. Adams refollow them on Twitter, Graham, or whatever? Did he? I don't know. I'm asking. I, apparently, it's a big deal. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I know he's mad that he got fined $21,000, but it's whatever. All right. Well, please. Make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks. 
and at Bucks underscore nation. Send us your game reaction voicemails to 813-444-5841. Keep them under a minute and keep the language clean for the children. We'll get to as many of them as we possibly can. If you hear yourself on the show, you are entered in to win a $100 NFL shop gift card at the end of the Buccaneers season sometime in um you know in 2020 because they're they're going to be playing games into the next calendar year hope you all have an absolutely incredible weekend and thank you so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks it's been a long time coming, and the table's-